Right eye dominance. Right eye dominance. Right eye dominance. Right eye dominance. Right eye This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I am your host, Nick Toro Jr. So today's episode, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. I'm just going to share a bunch of random thoughts about one particular subject. Today's episode, I'm titling Thoughts on Beauty. And the primary focus of this discussion will be what is beautiful why do we pursue beauty in our artwork? But there's a flip side to the discussion of beauty, and that is, what do we find ugly? What do we find repulsive? What things do we not want to see in our artwork? So let's jump into today's episode. What is beautiful? What is not beautiful? And can you have one without the other? I started thinking about this whole idea of uh, beautiful versus ugly in photography. And I think that in many ways they do feel diametrically opposed. But at the same time, like yin and yang, you can't have one without the other. How do you know if something's beautiful if you don't have some sort of idea of what is ugly and vice versa? And also how subjective is the idea of beauty and how subjective is the idea of ugliness. All through the history of visual art, there has been, I think, struggle between showing things that are beautiful and showing things that are ugly and how that perception of those extremes shift and change over time. The history of art is strewn with examples of work that is anything but beautiful. If you look at, let's say, a painting by Caravaggio of the beheading of John the Baptist, that image and that incident is anything but beautiful. Yet his painting style and how he presents it, I would say, is a beautiful work of art. If you go to the Prado Museum in Madrid, Spain, There's a painting there by Francisco Goya, and it's of Saturn eating one of his sons, and it's a gruesome, nightmarish painting. Is it beautiful? Is it ugly? Is the subject matter ugly, but is the execution beautiful? Or if we look at paintings, let's say, of uh, 20th century painter Francis Bacon, A lot of his paintings are distorted figures or nightmarish scenes, yet you can look at the artistry of his work and say that his work is quite beautiful. It's not only the subject matter that's being shown, but it's also how it's being executed. And one could say that the work is beautiful and ugly at the same time. When photography first emerged as a visual art form in the uh, 1800s, it immediately had an impact on the other worlds of visual arts and specifically drawing and painting. 
For a long time, there was this pursuit in painting to be as realistic and as uh, accurate to the real world as possible. And that in many ways was an impossibility because you were still the human hand and the human eye are creating a representation of what's in front of them. Now, photography at its purest sense is understood to be more of an accurate representation of the real world. At the same time, anyone who's spent any amount of time taking photographs or looking at photographs and considering them critically, you will realize that a photograph is not a clear, perfect, fair representation of the world either. And it is the photographer who is making decisions of what to keep and keep out of the frame. The subject matter can be manipulated in many ways. And even though it's a realistic representation, we have to accept that it is not reality that we're being shown. However, photography in its infancy was seen as much closer to reality than painting or drawing could ever become. And what that did in many ways was liberate painters and, and artists in general to not have to represent the real world in an accurate way. And if you trace the development certainly of painting from the point on after photography was invented and became ubiquitous, you will see that painters took great liberties to break away from reality. You can look at the work of the Impressionists or the Expressionists or the Cubists all through the 20th century, abstract expressionism. You know, we're looking at imagery that no longer feels like it is the real world. It didn't have to carry that load anymore. Photography was considered to be a more straight documentation of the world. And so if we're looking at how photography was first used, portraiture obviously was one very popular uh, genre of photography. As soon as film got fast enough and lenses sharp enough and, and exposures controllable enough where people's likeness could be captured within a, a, a reasonable amount of exposure time, portraiture really took off. And if you look at, certainly there's early portraits from the 19th century where we are finally able to see a very close representation of how people looked. This was a new thing. And in the past, that was really the world of painters and other artists to draw or paint likenesses of people as accurate as they possibly could get. The other thing that photography really opened up was the documentation of war and war images. And if you look at certainly the work of Matthew Brady from the United States Civil War, or there's a whole tradition of war photography. When we see the evidence of battles that are going on or the aftermath where there's dead bodies and destroyed landscape, photography in a lot of ways was able to capture the horror of war in a very accurate manner. Now, if we're looking at those photos and keep it against the sort of the backdrop of the idea whether these are ugly or beautiful images, one could argue probably for either one. But if we're going to look at images of dead people, if we're looking at destroyed landscape, things that connect more directly with what one might call an ugliness or 
sadness, certainly a negative viewpoint of the world, negative human nature, the obvious allusions to death. Are these beautiful photographs? Are they ugly photographs? We should be thinking about these things when we're looking at these photographs. So following along now and focusing more on ugliness or beauty in photography, I think you know what we can also start to explore is what was the motive of the photographer in their choice of subject matter and how they were showing it to their audience. If you go back to early 20th century, there was a lot of socially conscious photography going on, specifically the work of Jacob Rees or Lewis Hine, and they were documenting slum conditions in mostly in New York City as a result of mass immigration and mass industrialization. And people were living in squalor and they were taking photographs with the intention of literally shining a light on these horrible living conditions and hopefully exposing them as a social problem that could be rectified. You could look at photography that was being done around the same time though. I'll use Alfred Stieglitz for example, uh, who was trying to elevate photography to be taken more seriously as an art form. And Stieglitz's images many times were, I would say, were in pursuit of beauty. Even if they were photographs of an urban environment in New York City that probably wasn't that far from the slums and the industry that was being documented by Reese and Hine, we can look at Stieglitz's photos and see a very different approach being used. And many would say that those photographs are beautiful. One photographer in particular who I find is uh, most representative of the pursuit of beauty has to be Ansel Adams. In many ways, I think Ansel Adams was pursuing what can be described as the sublime in nature. This power and beauty combining and presented to the viewer in a way that is overwhelming, almost incomprehensible. It's as if you walk to the Grand Canyon or you see a beautiful sunset. There's really no way of capturing that accurately and fairly, I think, in a photograph. And though we try to do that, I think all of us have tried to take a, a beautiful sunset photograph and it's not the same as when you're just sitting there witnessing it. And so I think Adam's work was this dogged pursuit of trying to capture the essence, the pure beauty of many of the locations that he photographed in. At the same time, we can look at the work of, let's say, one of the patron saints of this podcast, Robert Frank. And you could look at Robert Frank's photographs and certainly the work in the Americans when it first came out was disruptive because it was everything that Ansel Adams and his style of photography was not. Frank was using blurry imagery, crooked horizon lines, high contrast, grain, very challenging compositions oftentimes. And if we go beyond that, he was showing the realities of poverty, racial strife, 
economic disparity in the United States during the 50s. Are his photographs beautiful or are they ugly? I look at many Robert Frank photos and I think they're quite beautiful. Someone else might look at them today, 50, 60 years after they've been made, and still find them quite ugly. You can look at Robert Frank's legacy in the work of photographer Larry Clark, and I'm going to reference specifically a body of work that Larry Clark produced in Tulsa, Oklahoma, living what most people would say is a dangerous lifestyle. Uh, There are guns and drugs and sexual content all throughout this body of work. And one could look at the photos in Tulsa and say that Clark was showing us an ugly side of the world, an ugly side of human nature. It is quite challenging and maybe close to impossible to find any essence of beauty in this body of work that shows such bleak darkness. You can look at the work of Joel Peter Whitkin. Again, his subject matter, he's dealing with oftentimes dead bodies, corpses, body parts after an autopsy, or he's photographing living people who are missing limbs or have some kind of physical disability. Yet his photographs and the way he, not only he shoots his subject matter, but then the way he prints his subject matter, you can't look at those photographs and not at least try to find a balance between beauty and ugliness. There's a beauty to the way that he's lighting his subjects, he's exposing the film, and then certainly a beautiful method of printing them. So you can't just dismiss the work of Joel Peter Wicken as ugly, nor could you say just straight out that it's nothing but beauty. You can look at the work of photographer artist Cindy Sherman and also get a, an interesting dichotomy between the idea of beauty and ugliness. A lot of Cindy Sherman's early work were depictions of female characters and she actually photographed herself in different situations. And if you follow the trajectory of Cindy Sherman's work, you will see that she got to the point where her representation of her subject matter delved deeply into darker, disturbing, unsettling subject matter. And there's even representations of body parts vomit, feces, body fluids in some of her mid-career work that one could look at it and say that these photographs are ugly. There's certainly an antagonistic quality to these photographs that Sherman created. It's almost as if she's challenging the viewer, forcing them to look at something that they'd rather not look at. And by extension, and this is something that I've heard about this particular body of work, that Cindy Sherman was challenging the people who were collecting her artwork. Uh, It was all fine and good when people were buying photographs of her as self-portraits or in different scenarios 
that she was doing early in her career. Now she was challenging those same collectors. What were the limits of what you may be willing to spend your money on? And to me, that's a really, not only is that a, that's a ballsy move for sure, but it definitely is playing with the whole idea of what people value as beauty and what they value as ugliness. So just taking this whole idea and applying it to photography that's now recognized as noteworthy, can you say that a Robert Maplethorpe self-portrait with a bullwhip, is that ugly or is it beautiful? Is a William Eggleston photograph of the inside of a freezer or a red painted ceiling beautiful or ugly? Is it a combination of both? Is it in the eye of the beholder? Are the photographs of Japanese photographer Daido Moriyama beautiful or are they ugly? What we perceive as beautiful and what we perceive as ugly, I think is always shifting. And ultimately, it's up to the viewer to decide for themselves how they feel about the work that they're looking at. These are just a few examples of photographers who I've admired who have toyed with the idea of what is beautiful and what is ugly or have challenged the notions of those two things. And these approaches have influenced how I look at my own work and incorporate in different imperfections or play with the idea of what is good and what is bad in an image what is perfect and what is imperfect, what one viewer may find beautiful and what another viewer may find ugly. And I think that's the key to this whole discussion is looking at examples throughout art history or certainly the history of photography and then how that applies to our own perspective when we're judging work that's shown to us or we're creating work ourselves. What is your own personal barometer of beauty? And how does that apply to things that you're experiencing in your everyday life, or certainly when you're creating your own work? So that's a collection of my thoughts on beauty in photography, beauty in visual arts, the idea of beauty versus the idea of ugliness. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. If you have opinions on today's episode, I ask that you go to the rightidominantpodcast.com website and scroll down where there is a section where you can send me comments and concerns, and I'd love to hear from you. There's also a place on the website where you can get yourself some Right Eye Dominant t-shirts so if you'd like to support the cause in that way, that'd be awesome. And lastly, if you like this podcast and want to help out, feel free to leave a review, a starred review on the Apple podcast platform or your platform of choice. So that's it for this episode. I want to thank you for listening. Until next time, this has been the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I have been your host, Nick Toro Jr. Until next time, stay well. Today's episode has been a production 
of RightEyeDominant.art. The music for today's episode was brought to you by Yazar, Lazenby Industries, The Conant Project, and The White Plains. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero.